Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, we are so glad you're here and we would love for you to be a part of what's happening for us at Life North Church. And so we want to connect with you. And one of the ways we're going to do that is actually just to get to know a little bit about you. And we would love for you to let us know that you're even here. Mm -hmm. And so in the chat right now, would you just say hi? Drop an emoji in there, maybe how you're doing today, how things have been going for you lately, just to let us know you're around. We would love to be able to respond to you. And we have some amazing, really caring hosts that would be willing to connect with you and follow up. And then if you're willing to connect a little bit more and you're looking for a community to get to know, you can actually come a little bit further in telling us more about yourself. Yeah, I love being a part of this community. Mm. And we would love to be able to follow up with you and invite you into our community. We've got some great caring people here. We just want to know who you are, how you can be a part of us, and how we can be praying for you and supporting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's some links they can click yep. to um, that'll show up in the chat. Or if you're on YouTube later, there's links there as well they can do. Yep. And I think there's even a button if you're on Church Online that you can click. And just give us a little information email address or something Mm -hmm. so that we can get to know a little bit more about you. Well, one of the things that's really an important value for us as a church is generosity. And I was just reminded about that yesterday, that we need to be generous because we've been blessed with so much. And it's also God's heart that God wants us to be generous in the same way that he is. And so to be generous, God's given us some direction and some instruction for what that looks like. And so what kinds of things should we be doing? Yeah, um, in God's word, he talks about the tithe. And so that's just really a fancy way to say the first 10%. We know that our money or our heart is connected to our wallets. Mm -hmm. And so wherever our money goes, that's really where we put our time and attention. And so giving back to God, letting him, showing him that he's first in our lives through our money shows that we love him and it's a form of worship. Mm -hmm. And then it's through our giving and through our generosity that he will bless us back. Mm -hmm. And so... I know for myself, it's when you, I am giving that 10% or that tithe that God really blesses me and my family uh, financially. There's times where we're like, we just don't understand how this is working out. And it is. And we really believe that it's because that we're giving that tithe, that first 10%, that God blesses us in return. Mm-hmm. And financially, sometimes relationally, mm-hmm. sometimes there's so many different ways that God is good to us. Yeah. And so click that link that you see there, or you can go to our website at lifenorth.church and click the link that's there. Yep. There are lots of different ways you can text to give. That information is all available just to make it easy for you to participate because we know we want you to be blessed. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in a series. We're actually in two series going on right now. <laughs> If you're joining us live or by Zoom at 11 o'clock, you get to participate in At The Movies. And if you want to see that, drop by Life Church and you can see it at their site. Mm-hmm. But because of um, regulations, we can't actually record it and rebroadcast it. So for you that's joining us now, we're actually in a different series called When Pigs Fly. And we talked about that last week that yeah. we use that expression to say that is not going to happen. And this week we're going to talk about kind of the second thing which is healing miracles. Something that maybe uh, you've been praying for. I know I spend a lot of my prayer time praying for people that are hurting physically Mm -hmm. and asking for healing. And sometimes those are answered, sometimes those are not. And it's hard to know what's going on, why is God doing it that way? Is that something you've ever prayed for? 
Yes, a few times. The biggest one that really comes to mind for me is my son. Mm. Um, and so my son it should come to mind first. He was born with um, kidneys that weren't working at all. Mm -hmm. So he started dialysis when he was three months old. And it's just been an uphill battle for him day after day. And so we prayed faithfully and the whole church was praying for him faithfully and people actually globally were praying for him that God would just heal him and bring his health to his kidneys and to his body and that he would be healthy. But God didn't answer a prayer in the way that we anticipated he would. And so our son ended up needing a kidney transplant. And it was actually through the transplant that God brought the healing. And we, it was even just a little bit of crazy, co I don't know, it wasn't a coincidence, but a How God works process, to bring it together? To, yeah, to yeah. bring it together with the donor, that the kidney that he received is a perfect kidney for him. It's working so well. He is now seven years old, and you would never know that he was yeah. gone through what he's gone through in his short life. So God answers the prayer, maybe not the way we expect. Yeah. And so maybe this is something that you're in right now. And there are people in your life or in your life where you want healing. And so you're crying out to God mm -hmm. and it's not showing up the way that you think it should. So Craig is going to unpack a little bit of why is that? Where is God in those moments? And he is a healing God. And so why am I not seeing the healing that I'm looking for? Or maybe the way I was looking for or at all is God not in it. And he is in surprising ways. And so tune in because God has something to say to you as we go into week two of When Pigs Fly. It's great to have all of you with us today on this Mother's Day weekend as we're honoring our amazing mothers, and today we're looking at God's Word. If you're new with us, we're in a message series called When Pigs Fly. We are looking at a God who does miracles. Last week, we talked about God's power over the forces of darkness. Next week, I think is my favorite of all four, we're going to talk about a God who has the power to protect Week number four, we're gonna look at a God who miraculously provides for his people. Today, what I wanna do is talk about something that I believe has the potential to really build your faith, and also that we can literally see miracles from God today before the end of our time together. I wanna to talk about a God who does miracles of healing. Question at all of our churches, how many of you believe that our God has the power to touch a sick body and to make it well. All of our churches, you raise your hand. I absolutely, completely believe he does. In fact, if you just look all throughout Scripture, the Old Testament, miracle after miracle of healing, New Testament, there's at least 30 different miracles where Jesus healed people of sickness in their body. It's implied that there are hundreds and hundreds of more miracles of healing. Jesus opened up blind eyes, he healed deaf ears, he made the lame to walk, he raised the dead. 
If you look in the book of Acts, there was a time when the apostle Paul was preaching. It's kind of a funny story to me. He preached so long. Luke said he went on and on and on into the night. Have any of you ever been bored in the middle of a sermon at another church? He went on and on and on so long that this poor guy named Eutychus, a kid, was sitting in the window and Eutychus fell asleep in the middle of the sermon, fell out of the window and died. I know that I have put people to sleep with my sermons. To the best of my knowledge, I've never killed anyone with one of my sermons. The poor boy falls out the windows, dies. Thankfully, Paul goes down there, lays hands on him, raises it from the dead. If I'm Paul, I'm like, whoo, my sermon killed him, but I healed him, you know, and, and they're miraculous power. The most controversial of all the miracles in the New Testament, though, was when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, which many scholars believe is precisely why Peter denied Jesus three times. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. That's a dangerous joke on Mother's Day. Have mercy on me, it's just a joke, just a joke. I believe in a God that has the power to heal. In fact, this is what Jesus said in John's Gospel, John 14, 12. Jesus said, very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater than these. What did Jesus do? He healed the sick. I believe the same power that healed the sick when Jesus walked on the earth heals the sick today and God does it through the faithful prayers of his people. We serve a God to whom all things are possible, a God who can do exceedingly and abundantly more than all you can ask, think, or imagine according to his power that is at work within the church. That's why today we're a church praying for miracles from our good God. You can clap anytime if you want to, I don't care. It always makes me feel a little bit better. If I get a little riled up, it's a little more fun if you get a little riled up because we're having church today. It's a great place to be together in God's presence. We believe in a God who does miracles. The first time I ever saw a healing miracle, it was an unusual one. I was on a walk with Amy and we came across a dead bird in the middle of the road. Amy's like a freak for birds. And she's like, oh, little bird, little bird. She didn't pray for the bird, like the bird is dead. She's like, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. God cares for the birds of the field. She's like quoting scriptures and putting them together with some kind of theological message. Pray for the bird. And so I'm a newlywed, new Christian. I'm like, all right, we'll pray for the bird. I knew enough. The scripture said, if there are any sick among you, lay hands on the sick and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. I didn't want to lay my hands on the dead bird. So I took a stick <laughs> to put on the dead bird. Little birds in the, in the road, and so I kind of just scooted him along with a stick, just kind of like this to make sure he was dead. And I put my prayer stick, somewhere in the Bible, on the bird, laying hands on the stick, and the power goes through the stick to the bird. And we prayed that God would heal this little bird, and God is my witness, God is my witness, God is my witness. Ask my wife, Amy, you may not trust me, but you will trust Amy. We pray for the bird, the dead bird, God is my witness, set up, went, Tweet, tweet, and flew away. God is, you can clap for that if you want to because that's pretty crazy. Dead bird, tweet, tweet, praise God. Tweet, tweet, and flew away. If there are any sick birds among you, find me a stick, I've got the bird anointing. God healed the little bird. 
fast forward to recently. How many of you have ever prayed that God would do a miracle and heal someone and he didn't do it? Amazing couple on our staff, uh, Brian and Jamie Manson, uh, one of our brilliant minds on the Uversion team. I had little baby Lucas. Baby Lucas went down for a nap, five weeks, almost six weeks old. And baby Lucas didn't wake up. About an hour later with no heartbeat, by the grace of God, the doctors got baby Lucas's heart beating again. And all of us just knew this is ripe for a miracle from God. So we all prayed, not just our team, but people all over the world prayed for little baby Lucas. Baby Lucas didn't make it. And I believe in a God who can heal. And sometimes I'm a little bit confused at the apparent, a bird, like really? And a baby? God, you made my back feel better? And a 17-year-old died of brain cancer? Sometimes when you believe God can, and he doesn't, it can unsettle you, shake you, rock you. Where is God? God, I knew you would, but why does my son still have migraine headaches? I, I believed you could, but why does my daughter still face depression all the time? God, we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, but why did grandma die of cancer? I knew you could. And a lot of people would conclude, well, evidently, either God is not real, or he's not good, or he doesn't care. How do we reconcile? What do we do? How do we go before God? How do we pray? If we believe that God can, and we know that he has, but he doesn't always do what we know he could do and think that he should do. I wanna talk about that today in a way that might answer a few questions and at the same time, build your faith in a God who hears our prayers and does miracles. Let's build the message on this foundational thought. It may be obvious to you in your real life, but it may not be obvious to you just how true this thought is in scripture. Our key thought is this, we need to understand and embrace the truth that our God heals, but he doesn't heal everyone all the time. Our God is a God who heals, but he doesn't heal everyone all of the time. You would know that to be true because most of you said you've prayed for it to happen and it didn't happen, but a lot of people don't recognize and realize that this is incredibly true in people in scripture, those who faithfully serve Jesus. I'll give you three quick examples. There's a guy named Trophimus. Uh, Trophimus was one of the Apostle Paul's friends who accompanied Paul on his third missionary journey. But whenever Trophimus got sick, God apparently didn't heal him, and we read in 2 Timothy 4.20, Paul says, Erastus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. God not only didn't heal him, but I left him behind. I just kind of left him there, and we went on about our business. God could have, and God didn't. Same with Timothy, who apparently had stomach issues, and Paul told his young protege, Timothy, use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. In other words, God could have healed it, but God didn't, so 
use whatever you can uh, to make it better. God could, but God didn't. And then of course, there's the apostle Paul, who if you know his story, had something that he calls a thorn in his side, a thorn in his flesh. We don't know for sure what it is. Scholars have guessed it was bad eyesight, some temptation, all sorts of different things. We don't know for sure what it was, but we do know Paul pleaded three times. And when he pleaded, it wasn't just like a 30 minute prayer session. The word in the original language means like an ongoing persistent pursuit. Three seasons, three ongoing, passionate, desperate seasons of pleading with God, take this away. I know you can, I've seen you do bigger things, please God. And God says, no, I could, but I'm not going to. In this case, what I'm going to show you is that my grace is going to be enough for you. Our God can, he often does, but when he doesn't, how do we deal with that? Tragically, if I can just kind of get up into the church world a little bit, sometimes well-meaning Christians can say really hurtful things. Well-meaning Christians. You know, well, you know, your daughter's sick and, and, you know, whatever. And the reason is because there's sin in your life. If you didn't have sin in your life, then that wouldn't be going on. You're, you're not praying right. You know, you're, you're doing something wrong and on and on and on. And a well-meaning Christian can often heap guilt and condemnation on someone else when God isn't doing what we know he could do and think he should do. And so some people will be so internally hurt they'll literally walk away from God or at least walk away from the fellowship of other believers what do we do with a God that we know who can and doesn't always do it? And at the same time, how do we let our faith grow to continue to ask him for miracles of healing? Let's build a foundation and talk about three reasons why Jesus did not do miracles. He often did, but sometimes he didn't. Why did Jesus not do miracles? Number one reason is that Jesus refused to perform miracles to prove himself, to prove himself. I don't know if you've ever done this. I did all the time as a kid. Just do this one thing, God, and if you do this one thing, then I'll know you're real and I'll serve you forever. God doesn't play like that. I wish he did, it would be so much easier, but he doesn't, he's God, and for some reason he does what he wants. He refuses to perform miracles to prove himself. Mark's gospel, Mark 8, the Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. What was the motive of their heart in this case? They were trying to test him, to test him. They asked him for a sign from heaven. Do something to prove that you are really the son of God. And Jesus sighed deeply. Oh, you're making me crazy. I'm not, I'm not doing tricks for you. He sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. I'm not doing miracles to prove myself. I do miracles that align with the heart of God. Number one reason he didn't do it was to prove himself. Number two, Jesus never performed a miracle that interfered with God's ultimate plan. This is so important. He never performed a miracle that interfered with God's ultimate plan. I'll show you an example. In one story where Jesus chooses to do a miracle in one moment and a moment later he withholds a miracle when it was within his power to do it. It's a powerful story. Uh, Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss on the cheek. 
to show the guards who he was so they could come and arrest Jesus and take him to the cross. Peter, who I like, gets tipped. Peter's a good old boy and says, uh-uh, you ain't doing that to my Jesus. And he pulls out his sword and he goes for the Roman guard's head. I'm not sure, that's just what I think. And he missed the head and got the ear. Good intentions, bad aim. Cuts the ear off. And so you can imagine, we read it and you, you, know, you just kind of read it and you don't think about it. Imagine this old guy, blood's coming out of his ear. There's pandemonium. His ear flies off. And you can just kind of sense Jesus' disappointment like, Peter, 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 Peter. I got this under control. This isn't what I wanted you to do. And then Jesus is kind of like, where's the ear? Somebody find the ear. Imagine, they cut the ear, it flies off, it grows into, where's the ear? Is it in the bushes? Find the guy's ear. Find the guy, up here, give me this ear. Ew, give me the ear. And then Jesus takes it and he does a miracle. He takes it and puts it on Malchus's head and he says, God, in my name, it's a little joke right there, because we say in Jesus' name, but he would have said in just a, it's a preacher joke. Just work with me. It's just, he just said, he says, he says in, in, in my name, he said, and he heals the ear. He does a miracle. Then he has a teaching moment. Peter, I'm not going to let this happen to you. And then Jesus doesn't do a miracle, and he says, I could have. Watch this. He says, don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us. Boom, God sent them, whoo, they're here. He would have sent them instantly. But if I did, if I asked for this miracle, would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? In one moment he does a miracle, and in another moment, when it would interfere with God's ultimate plan, he withholds the miracle even when the disciples around him don't fully understand. When did Jesus not do a miracle? He didn't do it to prove himself. He didn't do a miracle that would have had a temporary earthly benefit at the cost of an eternal godly benefit when it interfered with God's plan. And number three, Jesus didn't do miracles where there was no faith, where there was no faith. When he went to his hometown, people were not impressed with Jesus. They grew up with him. Yeah, isn't that Joseph the carpenter's son? Isn't that the annoying kid that was the teacher's pet that got all the answers right and never talked too much in class? That's just Jesus, the son of Joseph. And scripture says he did not do many miracles there. Why? Because of their lack of faith. We have to understand that our faith moves the heart of God. Our faith matters to God. When you pray in faith, it touches the heart of God. Let me give you three examples. There was a woman who couldn't stop bleeding for 12 years. She's embarrassed, she's in pain, she's ceremonially unclean. Jesus walks by, by faith she reaches out and thinks, if I can just touch the edge of his cloak, just touch the end of his garment, I'll be healed. She does, he feels power leave. She looks back and says, what was that? She says, I just believed. And then Jesus looks at her and says, daughter, say this with me. Daughter, somebody help me. You are what? Your faith has healed you. 
a man with leprosy, falls at the feet of Jesus and worships him. Jesus looks at this man and says, rise and go, you're what? Say it with me, your faith has made you well. A blind man screams out, I can't see you, but I hear you, I know you're there, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, go, you're what? Your faith has healed you. Our faith moves the heart of God. What is so interesting to me is that according to scripture, there's only one thing that we have that ever amazes Jesus. When you look at all the gospels, Jesus was amazed by one thing. Do you know what amazes Jesus? Our faith amazes Jesus. Sometimes he's amazed like, wow, that was amazing. Other times, he's amazed like, oh, that's all? You, 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 you don't believe I can do anything? Two different times, two different extremes. A Roman centurion has a servant that's sick and says, Jesus, I'm not even worthy for you to come into my house. You just say the word. You don't have to see my servant. You don't have to touch my servant. You don't have to walk in that direction. I just believe you say the word and he'll be healed. Jesus says the word, he's healed. And scripture says Jesus was amazed and said, I've never seen faith like this before. And in the hometown of Jesus, where he was a prophet without honor, he looked on and says, I'm amazed that you don't believe that I can do anything. I'm amazed, he said, at their lack of faith. I'm curious. When it comes to your faith, if Jesus were amazed, would he be, wow, amazed? Or would he be like, wow? I mean, even if you just look at the prayers you prayed last week, what'd you ask for? Was it big? God intervening, wow! Or was it like, God bless my food and keep us safe today? Wow, that's all you have the faith for? Something that amazes Jesus. It's powerful, strong faith, wow, he's amazed. Or it's almost like heartbreaking, insulting faith, really? That's all you believe? What do we do if we find that our faith is a little bit on the lower end? What, what if we're more like the, well, faith, rather than the, wow, faith? The good news is that faith moves God. And Jesus is so encouraging when he said this, if there's a mountain in your life, in other words, if there is something that needs to be moved that's so big that physically it's impossible to move, and you simply have faith the size of a mustard seed, the smallest little seed. If you just have faith in my direction, that moves my heart. In other words, your faith sometimes may be really strong. There may be other times when it's kind of strong. There may be other times when you're struggling and God loves you enough to work with the faith that you have. I love the story in scripture of a dad who is in agony because his son is hurting. 
to the moms that are here today. Man, you know, you can take a lot of pain, but when someone comes after a kid, there's nothing that hurts like that. Any parent would know this feeling. And his son is in agony. He's being thrown into the fire by, by demons and, and such. And the, the dad's desperate. He wants to believe that Jesus can help, but he doesn't want to get his hopes up so high. And so he's just like, Jesus, if you can do anything, please do. If, you're, if you care, if you can, if you can do anything, please do. And Jesus is kind of like, uh, anything is possible for those who believe. And the father said something that honestly so captures where I live so much of the time. If you can do anything, Jesus says, I can do anything. And the father exclaims, I do believe. And then he says, help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, but I'm still human. I've seen you do it with other people. I'm kind of reading into his thought. I've seen you do it before, and I think you can do it for my son, but I'm just not sure. If I get my hopes up, and if you don't, it's gonna be really difficult. So I, I, I do know you can, but I'm still just not sure in this particular case. And, and Jesus looks on with a loving understanding of this imperfect faith. I, 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 I'm doing the best I can. Help me in this. I'll get as real as I can, and hopefully you don't lose respect to me, but maybe this will help somebody feel better. Amy and I were going to pray for a lady recently, and she has a category of sickness that I have never seen God heal. I believe he can, I know he can, but every time I've prayed for someone in this category, things didn't go well. I could give you a list of 100 different categories where I've seen miracles from God. In this particular category, I've heard about it from other places, I've never seen it. And so we're driving there and I'm just, I'm, 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 I don't have Pastor Craig hat on, now I'm just Craig, Craig with my wife. And I said, Amy, I don't have a lot of faith for this. I said, maybe you need to pray. And she's like, oh no, 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 no. No, if you've got mustard seed faith, let's just hang on to that, let's just hang on to that. And I, I mean, I'm just being honest, like I got, I got a lot, you wanna be me to pray for someone to come to Christ? Yes, you want me to pray for certain types of things? You want me to pray for a bird with a stick? Right? You know, I got faith for that, but in this particular case, sometimes I need God to help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, but it's just not perfect right now. And so we prayed the prayer before the prayer in our car. God, give us faith. God, help us honor you. God, would you be wowed by our faith? And so we quoted scripture, we prayed together, we walked in. We did what scripture says, we anointed with oil, we prayed the prayer of faith, we believed that God could and we asked him to do it and nothing happened. Not yet, not yet. She's still not healed, we're still praying in faith. In some moments we feel more, in other moments it's more like help me, I don't feel that much right now. But whatever I have, God, as imperfect as it is, I'm bringing it to you. I believe, God, you hear our prayers and you do miracles. So, Pastor Craig, you're the pastor of the church. You prayed for someone and she wasn't healed. Does that shake your faith? Does that, does that, that, does that rattle you? No, after walking with God for as long as I have, it doesn't rattle me because our faith isn't based on what God does. You see, our faith is based on who God is. Our, our faith isn't based 
on what God does in the immediate moment to a specific request. Because oftentimes he will do exactly what we're asking him to do and he kind of shows up and shows off in other times in ways that I may not understand. He's like, I'm not gonna prove myself right now. Or it may be, you know what, that would be kind of easy for you, but I actually have something eternal that's higher than your thoughts and different than your ability to understand. And even though it may hurt you now, even though it may grieve you, even, even though it, 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 it may make you question the goodness of God, we still trust the goodness of God because our faith isn't based on what he does in a moment. Our faith is based on what he did for us on the cross. It doesn't get any better than that. A God who becomes one of us and sends his son, Jesus, his son, to shed his blood that our sins would be forgiven. Our faith isn't based on seeing the results to a miracle. Our faith is based on the character and the goodness of a God who sacrificed his son. This will mess with some people's theology. I know it, some people will disagree. You have the right to be wrong. <laughs> being playful, sorta, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm passionate about this. We need to understand that when God sent Jesus, the highest purpose for Jesus' coming was not to heal our bodies, but to save our souls. The highest purpose, I'm not saying that he doesn't heal our bodies, but the highest purpose, I have come that they may have life and life more abundant. I've come to seek and save the lost. I didn't come for the righteous, I came for the sinners. I came to give my life as a ransom. His highest purpose isn't to heal our bodies, it's to save our souls. I'll show it to you in Mark's Gospel, Mark 2, you can see it. There's four good old boys. I would love to be friends with these guys. One of them, his name was Bubba. It doesn't say that in the Bible, it doesn't say it anywhere, but I know it to be true. God revealed it to me, I can just feel it. His name had to be Bubba. And he's the leader of the ring, and he's got another friend who's, who's unable to walk. And so Bubba gets his three buddies and goes, we're gonna get our buddy to Jesus, and ain't nothing gonna stop us. Nothing, ain't nothing gonna, and so they drag this old boy who can't walk, who knows how far. They're dra maybe they're carrying him, he gets heavy, and they're dragging him. And, and they take him to this Bible study, and Jesus is in there teaching. There's so many people in the Bible study that they can't get their friend in. And, and Jesus is teaching, and, they're, and they're, they got their backs to Jesus, and oh, that's good. And they're like, we can't get him in there. Heck, it ain't gonna stop us. Take them up on top of the roof, we'll find a way, boys. They drag their friend up on the top of the roof, and then Bubba says, dig a hole. I just know it was Bubba, it's not in the Bible, I can sense it, I can feel it. Sometimes God reveals these things. And they look, oh, we can't dig a hole, this, this is not our house. And we'll figure it out later. And so they get down and they start digging a hole in this thatched roof. And then there's a whole light shining in. Jesus is doing a Bible study. And they say, okay, you grab one arm, you grab one arm, you grab, I'll grab a leg. And they take their buddy and they hold him down as far as they can. Bubba looks down. It's like, man, looks like about another eight, nine feet. That could hurt bad. He goes, well, hell, he's, he's paralyzed anyway. On three, drop them. One, two, three. <laughs> Something like that happened. <laughs> this guy gives them a little Bible study. And the first thing Jesus does is forgives his sins. The first thing Jesus does, read it. 
is forgives his sins before he heals his body. He healed his body, but first he forgave his sins. Because when Jesus came, his highest calling wasn't to heal our bodies. It was to save our souls. Here's a little spoiler alert. You ready for this? If God heals you of cancer, guess what? Hate to break it to you. You're still going to die. Kind of got quiet in here. Yeah, technically, if the rapture comes back, you'll fly away. But if Jesus doesn't come back, you're going to die. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Next time Lazarus died, he was on his own. <laughs> right? You're still going to die. Because his highest purpose isn't what happens to your body for 70 or 80 years on earth. Your highest purpose is that your life would glorify him. So, when I pray, I pray with every bit of faith I have. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's mustard seed, but I'm bringing my imperfect faith before him. For my daughter Mandy, you can't stop me from believing in the miracle power, the miraculous working power of our God. We believe, 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 we believe. I believe God can, and I believe he will. And even if he doesn't do what I think he should, I still believe. Because my faith isn't based on what he does or doesn't do. My faith is based on who he is. So what I want to do today as a church is I want to give you the chance to join me and to believe that God would do miracles. Um, and what I want to do is just ask our pastors, if you can, to get ready to come and, and pray. We're going to do something a little bit different. I promise you it's not going to be weird. What I'm going to do in a moment is if you have um, sickness in your body, uh, something that you would like for God to heal, I'm going to ask you in a moment just to stand up. Or perhaps uh, it's not in your body, but somebody that you love. For example, if I was sitting on the third row today, I would stand up and say I'm standing for Mandy. He might stand for somebody that you love. I want to broaden your prayers for just a moment and recognize that God doesn't just heal bodies, but Scripture says God heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up wounds. And on a day like this, there are some who are very, very brokenhearted. A day like any day, there are people who have been victim of, 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 of abuse, of hurt, uh, been lied about, and maybe perhaps you're hurting in that way today. And you don't just need healing in your body, but you need healing in your soul. So today, Church Online, you can just type in whatever you want at all of our churches. Uh, those of you who say, I want to stand for me or somebody else, I need healing. Just stand up right now, just right where you are. All of our churches, just stand up where you are, if you will. Every single life church, just stand up where you are. Just stand up where you are. Now, for the rest of you, what would be amazing is if you would just pick somebody close to you. If they're in front of you, you might just reach out to them. Would you just stand up around? And perhaps if it's appropriate, just to reach out and maybe touch somebody on the shoulder or just look in their way. If everybody can remain standing right now, just stand up where you are. And you might, you might if you know somebody and it's not weird, you can put your arm around them or just reach out. And we're going to be the family of God. Wherever two or three come together in his name, there he is in the midst of them. And with whatever faith that we have, we're going to come before our God right now. And we're going to believe for miracles. Pastors, all of our churches, you pray. Pray hard. Pray in faith. In the name of Jesus, we believe in a God of miracles. Congratulations to everyone who made a decision for Christ today. 
That's the very best decision that you will ever make. And we really want to celebrate with you. So please let us know that you've made this decision. Click the link in the description or leave a comment in the chat. We would love to connect with you, follow up with you. You're probably wondering what now, Where, how do I do this? What, what happens? And we can help you with all of those questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. We want to support you and encourage you as you move yeah. forward. And it's going to be amazing how God moves in your life. And we want to encourage you if that's not the decision you made today, maybe God was stirring you in different ways. Maybe your next step is something that came up from what Craig had to say about miracles. And it's your perspective on God and what you're willing to pray for and what you're willing to give up and let God be the one that directs and controls. Or maybe your next step is actually to realize how important God is to your life and to actually invite other people to come in and join us. And so you can be inviting people to come and be a part of our church online or YouTube or Facebook, and they can experience the same things that you are and hear about a God who loves them so very much. And it doesn't take a whole lot of effort on your part except sharing a link and saying, come and join me. And so please be doing that, be thinking about who that is as we go into next Sunday. Yeah, come back next week. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We do all of this because we know that whoever finds God, finds life. I have a vision for a church that loves others more than we've been loved who serve others more than we have been served, that gives more than we have received. People so overwhelmed with the love of God that we love and accept people right where they are, but we love and point them to a Jesus who will make them new. When we come together, we are the local church, and we believe that the local church is the hope of the world.